ladies, gentlemen, uh, 2019. <coughs> so you're good. It's 2019. So all in between. Welcome to the Arsenal Cannon podcast. Oh my flipping goodness. Let me just say before we get into anything, me and Alfie were, it's, we were struggling more than two people in a broken marriage prior to this podcast because I, for the life of me, could not get Sir Alfie to hear me. He wasn't hearing my cries for help, and it was just, it was just impossible. I was really under the impression that we were not going to be able to record this episode today, but thank goodness for all of our passionate listeners, we are able. And Alfie, three of them. Yeah, it's only been like a week, by the way, since our last upload, so we're not too far behind. Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing, doing actually, bits. actually we're doing bits right now. We're low key the greatest podcast of all time now, and yeah, we've got some some fun stuff coming your way. I guess fun mm. is is something you can call. It. It's pretty depressing right now, so I guess mm. me and Alfie will try to push you beyond the point of depression to just complete and utter. Um, what's beyond depression? Just death, suicide. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to push into suicide. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a dark podcast today. Probably so shouldn't it's... joke about that, but... Ah, well, we are going to anyway, because exactly. we are we are insensitive, and it's the only thing that will get us on the map. So you got to mm. do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, Alfie, let's, let's get yeah. right into it, man. We'll talk, about the, we'll talk about the happenings on the pitch first, yeah. and then we'll slowly descend, I was saying this to you in the pre-call, into the fiery mm. depths of hell. That is off of the pitch. I mean, frankly, on the pitch is pretty hellaciously yeah, terrible. Yeah, I'd say that's, at the that's moment depths as well. of hell as well. <laughs> We're just, pretty just, much all just shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, just before we get into it, just uh, to the listeners, obviously I told you this. I'm quite ill, so uh, I do sound quite retarded. So <laughs> well, please um, leave the I... abuse elsewhere. Um, and also, if I, if I get into some coughing fit... Um, I'm not dying. I am just ill. So yeah, don't he, worry. It, he actually does have lung cancer. Um, it's really sad. Um, I'm <laughs> actually, I'm in the market for a new co-host. So if, if you're interested, <laughs> apply. Because Jesus be... Christ. <laughs> Joking about lung cancer and suicide within about two minutes. Yeah, welcome to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast where there are no rules. It's no holds barred, Alfie. Come on, you know this. You it's know true. this. This ain't a corporate scheme, buddy. This is the greatest podcast in the universe. Aliens yeah. listen to this shit and they're like, damn, these guys are fucking crazy. All <laughs> right. So just know, just know. Well, anyway, how about that was a crap, crap intro. So how it about was, we get yeah. into another piece of crap, which was the Leicester game. Leicester. Yeah. Um, we lost you, 2 0. Yeah. But what were your sort of expectations going into the game? Um, well, we have our WhatsApp group chat with all of our. All of our yeah. writers, shout out to the We Love You Arsenal writers. Um, I actually predicted 4-1 loss. Mm. So What did I um, say? What did I say? 2-0. I don't even want to talk about it, bro. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> you did say 2-0. You were spot on. And um, I think, man, dude, this is such a small club mentality that I'm about to, about to sound like I have. I'm mm. quite pleasantly surprised with that result. I really? genuinely, I seriously, I thought we were going to be absolutely smacked. I thought we're, I mean, not that we did that great in the game or anything like that, but I said four one for a reason, Alfie. I thought we were going to be destroyed. 
They, they I think just... that that sort of reflects the position we're in at the moment. We're going into a game away at Leicester, expecting to get thrashed. Yeah, and I don't think that's anything uh, <coughs> particularly wrong with me as an individual and my um, my mindset when it comes to football or anything like that. I think mm. I'm just that low on confidence at the moment that I just look at Leicester and I'm like, oh, they're going to beat the shit out of us. You know, mm. it's like I have no confidence going into the future. Um, but I will say about this game in the first half particularly, I thought we actually – we, we had a – I don't know how many chances it was in the game because we never have too many chances in, in matches mm. nowadays. But We still have one shot on target. One shot on target. Um, yeah. But I thought we actually – I don't know how you feel about this. We'll get mm. – we'll talk about the first half. Um, I couldn't watch the first 20 minutes of the second half, which, of course, apparently were the, was our best spell of the game. So mm. there, there is that. Um, <laughs> but I probably... personally – Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I personally thought the first half we defended quite well. Yeah. Well, we should probably start with the team selection and the system he implemented. What, what do you think of the, the back three? Because I thought there, there are positives of it. You know, if you look at the individual centre-backs, it sort of suits each of them. You've got yeah. David Luiz, who played his best football, his best season on the, uh, at Chelsea, came under Antonio Conte when he was part of that back three. It's sort of accommodates for his retardedness and also allows him to, to bring the ball out of the back uh, quite frequently. And then obviously look at uh, Callum Chambers. He's he's principally a centre-back, but he's also played a lot of right-back, playing on the right side of a back three, sort of, in theory, should suit him. And obviously Rob Holding as well. Um, yeah. He, we've seen his best football as a, as a centre-back. And then if you look at... Uh, sorry, obviously as a centre-back. We've seen his best football in a back three. And then if you look at Kalasinac... I'm not saying he played well, but principally he's better as a as a left wing back, and then it also allows you to get Meza Özil in behind both the strikers as a front two. Which so there were positives, but it just came across as a bit desperate to me. You know, he's just trying to find something. He's going through every formation at this point. Yeah, that is what it seems like, and um, I just there were there were definitely positives about the starting lineup. Like I like like you said, I do think mm. that pretty much every defensive player that we have at the moment. This is a bit unfortunate, to be honest. Mm. But I think, especially out of the five kind of defensive players that we played with against Leicester, I think they are all suited better to a back five or a back mm. three. I think two, Bellerin two wing back. Can, can slot in as a right back pretty comfortably. But I'd agree with the other four, definitely. Yeah, well, he for Bellerin, for me, I, I personally think he's, he's interchangeable and he's one of the few that can – Kind of go with Tierney as well can definitely play the left back. Yeah, exactly. I think I I do personally though believe that Bellerin is a lot better going forward than he is defensively. So mm. I kind of like them in that right wing back role. I thought he actually played pretty well in the game as well. Yeah, um, got a question on that actually. Yeah, Which so we'll it's just mm. and we'll get to that at the end. So every mm. defensive player I think we saw saw the the better of, but two players in particular that once again we did not utilize properly, were probably the most talented players that we have at the team mm. at the moment, and that's Alexandra Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And they were, yeah. you know, wh- whether we like to admit it or not, they were both pushed way too wide, and they were both expected mm. to defend more oh, than was, they were sort of probably like a, comfortable with. a very split strike partnership with Meza Ozil sort of deployed in that. It was almost like a false nine sort of role, which doesn't really suit him. 
No, he didn't. He didn't look too comfortable to me because I think Ozo. I, I do think Ozo probably deserves to be in this in this lineup going into the future because I don't think mm. he's really done anything to um, make me personally believe that he needs, just needs to be cut out of there immediately like a tumor or something. You know, he <laughs> actually looks okay in there. The he really does. You know, like I got to do what I got to do. You know, I, I'm not too smart, so I have to be entertaining. Um, but yeah, I. I just don't know, though. You know, like you said, he was like a false nine. You know, mm. Lacazette was practically pushed out to the byline the entire game. Same with Aubameyang. You know, it's what just, did you uh, make of I don't know. the omission of Tierney and Pepe? Well, uh, to, to use a word that you seem quite fond of this podcast, you've already used it twice. I thought it was retarded. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I just... I, I, I really think – we you said this on the last podcast, and I made a little bit of a joke about it. You said mm. Pepe is one of our most promising players at the moment because he's kind of seems like the one uh, – I guess Particularly say, in recent games, yeah. Uh, Victoria, Sheffield United. Yeah, he's like the one flash of light that we really have in there. He's mm. the one creative outlet that we have. And Emery just basically sees that and says, oh, no, 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 no. We are not going to play entertaining football. No skills allowed. No nice pass. Get the fuck out. You know, it's like, come on. And then as for Tierney, we all knew this was going to happen. You know, he played in the midweek against Vittoria. So logically, he wasn't going to be playing this game. And I just, we talked about this in the last podcast as well. We did. You know, he has a hard on for Kalashinac. And, (laughs) you know, and he just, he loves him. I mean, I I don't know what it is, man. I really don't know what it is. Again, why, you know, if you look at the respective price tags for those two, 95 million or around that, 97 million, I guess, for those two. And you're not playing them in one of your biggest games of the season. Because this was essentially a six-pointer. No doubt. I think it was a six-pointer. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a huge game. And Unai Emery... Many people were saying this before the fixture. Mm. Uh, we're, we're saying that this is possibly an opportunity for the Spaniard to turn things around. You know, he's yeah. really come under a lot of scrutiny as of lately, and rightfully so. You know, and this was an opportunity for him to kind of just go balls to the wall and say, right, let's, you know, let's get at this team. And he just, mm. I, I didn't, I wasn't too despondent. With the, <laughs> I was too despondent. With, I love it with the um, with the formation. To be honest, because I think it actually kind of helped us in the end. Yeah, but, but I just feel it just it seemed desperate. Does, yeah, it does reflect this cautiousness about him. You know, if he's going to play Arsenal, Aubameyang, and Lacazette, he has to sort of caveat that with some defensive formation behind him. It, it seems like he he just physically can't put Ozil, Vanier, Lacazette and Pepe, which on paper is very, you know, that's exciting. He, 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 oh, feels yeah. like he can't put that on the pitch and that would have been exciting. And if you think about it, it's Pepe in for holding pretty much or at one of the centre-backs. That When you put it that plain and simply, it it's a very defensive, cautious formation. And I get what you're saying. It, I think it did make us more defensively stable, particularly in that first half. But I don't know. It just it spoke volume. Did by the way, did you see the comments he made about Pepe? Uh, I'm re uh, refresh my memory. I think I might have, but I don't remember. He said something along the lines of, uh, "We don't feel he's ready to play every game." Right. In fact, let me get the quote. Okay. 
Uh, I actually, I don't think I heard this. Actually, I don't think I heard this. I think he was asked it in his pre-match interview. When well, it's a, it, if, if that's the case, we come on. I, I think I do know what you're talking about. Where he said we believe he has to play more or something, something along those it's lines. Something like that. He like literally completely oh, yeah. contradicted himself in his own statement. Exactly. Oh yeah, here we go. Pepe is not quite at the level yet to be able to play in every game. I believe, and I've always believed that he needs to play in it. Needs to play in order to reach that level. That is completely contradictory. Completely contradictory. Is this a sign I, of someone who's losing their heads? Possibly. I, well, it also is a sign of something that we already know, or we already knew. Emery is just not good at English. You know, he just, he doesn't know what he's saying 90% of the time. You know, you see And you've him, got to respect him for trying, but... Right. He hasn't, he hasn't really improved that much. Maybe that's a bit harsh, because I, I can't speak any fucking... Like, I can speak a bit German and a bit of French, but... I'm I'm way worse than he is at English, but well, yeah, it, but I mean, but at the same I, time, I don't Alfie, need to know them. Really. How much and do you get? Sort of know, needs to. How much do you get paid a year to know fucking German? Exactly. You know, so I mean, I don't even want to hear that as an excuse. The, the fact of the matter is, if if Emery is, you know, not able to, because dude, if we can't understand him, so many people have used this. If we can't understand him, how the hell are the players supposed to understand him? It's you true. know, so it's just I. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just I've already lost faith in this manager. I'm just mm. my faith level now has gone to negative. You know, I just mm. I expect us to get our asses finish seventh or eighth. Yeah, yeah I, I just have no confidence and I don't have any confidence in the board now either. They're starting to make me worry and we're gonna talk about mm. the, the we'll off, to that. off the pitch shenanigans a little bit later. Mm. But this game in particular I think really exemplified Emery's kind of He's so insecure for every mm. single game. He's absolutely petrified of everybody. You know what? It, you know what Emery reminds me of. Mm. He reminds me of. I'm sure we've all been in this position, right? You're a 12 year old. <coughs> you go to the pitch and you really want to play. You just got this new ball and a, and a mm. fresh pair of boots, right? So you're like, all right, fuck it. I'm playing no matter what. Everybody on the pitch there is a fucking high schooler, right? So you're like, mm. all right, well. To make myself when you're 12, you're in high school. (laughs) Oh, well, fine. Bad example. You're six then. All right. You're six. (laughs) Then I I know you're nowhere near high school. All right. So you get on the pitch because you're like, all right, all these guys, you know, this, this guy, Jurgen Klopp, this guy, Pep Guardiola, uh, Chris Wilder (laughs) of Sheffield United. They're all a lot better than me. And, but I just, I have to, I, I have to get out there. And it just seems to me like Emery is just absolutely petrified of every single person out there. You know what I mean? He mm. just, he seems so scared. He's scared of his own shadow. And I just, I don't understand it, man. It's he's so cowardly. He's a coward. He's seeming like, and that is something that Arsenal football ever want to be associated with is, is, is being a bit of a bitch. Mm. You know, Lack I don't like that. Yeah. Shout out to Troy Deeney. Jones. Uh, or, yeah. Cajones. What, what, I, don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's Cajones, isn't it? Not Cajones. Yep. A lot of Spaniards yeah. down here in Florida. So, yep. I know. Lovely. Uh, yeah. What did you make of the approach in general? The ne- quite negative approach, sitting back, very, very little pressing. So I was surprised that like, we would let them come quite deep into our half before we would even engage with the player on the ball. 
that was frustrating for me. I know some people actually didn't mind it because it made us a lot more defensively secure. And as you mentioned, we did look a threat in that first half going forward, particularly with Bellerin and Aubameyang and link up on the right-hand side, I thought did well. I think um, on the surface of things, this is just my opinion. I think that it was actually probably a good idea just with how well Leicester are playing at the moment. And, mm. you know, looking at the fact that we are away from home and we're notoriously shit away from home. So in theory, you know, if we kind of let them come on to us and get the ball and just try to do a really nice quick counterattack, there was one sequence, I believe it was in the 20th minute or something like that, where Lacazette had a really good chance to score. And oh, I his, thought finish his finishing was, was very rusty again. Fucking terrible. You know, the one where and, sort of clips it around the post. Yeah, no reason. I would have scored that. You know, I mean, it was an easy finish. Wouldn't go that easy far. finish. Oh, come on now. Did you never see my finishing, dude? I'm just, you call me. You uh, see mine. So, yeah, you're like the best in the world. So, well, second. John Terry me. said it himself. So, true. Man, Good I just got, I got I got to show John Terry one of my videos, man. <laughs> Shout out to the inside joke that we're saying that everybody listening is like, yo, what the yeah, fuck are they even talking about? Which you about? don't get. <laughs> Yeah, he so also had, he had another one which he scuffed straight into um, Schmeichel's hands, which I think was our only shot on target. And yeah, I thought Lacazette's finishing was pretty poor. He's actually general. again. I, a lot of people were saying this. Uh, were saying this on my Twitter, and I kind of could see where they're coming from. I mean, mm. he just he first of all he looks rusty. You know, there's no two ways around it. He looks rusty. Obviously, he's coming back from mm. injury, so that'll happen. But should Pepe have maybe been out there instead of him? It makes more sense, in a way, for that formation. If you're going on the counter, if you're trying to play in the transition, he's quicker, he's more direct. In fact, when we did a similar formation, when we did the diamond at Liverpool, Pepe was a real threat in that counter-attacking side. And yeah, I think there's a case to be made for that. Yeah, it's just, and you know, it's no disrespect to Lacazette because I do genuinely still believe that he's one of the most talented players in the squad when looking hmm. at like He's overall... having a poor patch. He's just having a poor patch at the moment. You know, that happens. The, the maybe best. even that's a stretch. It's a yeah, it's games. only been a few games. So, I mean, mm. we can't be too – and, you know, because I think it's unfair to say he's having a, a, a poor patch at the moment because mm. the whole team is terrible. And he's playing a, a terrible team, yeah. So, it's just uh, – you know, it's I, I've been seeing a ton of slander to, to Danny Ceballos, for example, on my Twitter. People saying, send him back. You know, we don't want to, blah, blah, blah. You know, even though they, mm. like, they loved him to death like a few weeks ago. Yeah, you have to look a at team with no cohesion. The team sucks at the moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it's not it. Well, it's all of the individuals' fault as a collective, kind of. But it's not just it's not Savio's fault that we're playing like crap. It's not Lacazette's fault that we're playing. You know, it's it's mm. a collective whole. But I down, stems from the manager. Yeah, and it stems from the manager. I was just going to say, I think it stems mm. from the manager personally. I don't know how, and obviously, you you think the same. Um, mm. So, the first goal, let's get into that Well, a little bit. I think it's worth noting that our game plan did seem to shift in the period you missed. Uh, just okay, yeah, talk time. to me. We talk sort to me of, I wouldn't say the game plan shift, but we sort of gained a bit of control. You know, in that first half, you probably noticed. I mean, we could hardly contain and control possession. I can't remember spells where we had maybe six or seven passes string together. Um, and yeah, and it was, it was we all hardly pressing. Yeah. Yeah. It was all super just, I, I don't even think pragmatic is a word strong enough to describe mm. the way we were playing. It was just, 
uh, that we just, we just had no sharpness about us at all. You know, it was like a dull, completely dull knife, you know? Mm, exactly. Second off, we came out and we actually had a, a period where we were territorially the better team. We, we had a bit of possession and we were controlling the game a bit. And Leicester look, I wouldn't say they looked rattled, but they were, they weren't controlling possession, which is, they've become a possession based team under Brendan Rodgers. And, we were controlling possession. We we created a few decent ch- uh, opportunities. I wouldn't say clear-cut chances. I think Bellerin had a good shot just over. Um, and we, we were the better team uh, in the period Vardy scored, I think. Um, which, obviously, we have to get onto that goal, which we're going to do. <coughs> yeah. Well, um, to be honest with you, I was talking <coughs> to you about this before <laughs> before the, the yeah. podcast recording. Um I turned on my phone. I dropped my, my missus off at work and um, I turned on my phone. I wasn't even looking because I was pulling out of the parking lot of where she works. And all I hear, I fucking hate hearing his name against us because I know whenever you do, it's, it means he scored a goal. If I'm not mistaken, I think actually, Alfie, I saw a stat that said he scored a nine goals in nine games against us or something. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He's fun. For, he is a top class striker. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, the highest score in the Premier League at the moment, but he's not fucking world-class, you know, and we make him look like he is. But anyway, all I hear the commentator is, Vardy! You know, it's a <laughs> trademark Vardy goal, you know, he doesn't, he Was just it smashes piece it. piece of jewelry for you? No, it actually wasn't, unfortunately. I wish it was. I love him. It wasn't. Favorite commentator. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really get to see the goal, so if you could walk me through kind of what happened there, just because Literally, all I heard was, and I, I didn't even get to see it. So what, what exactly happened? Uh, well, what was I going to say? Uh, again, comes from a complete lack of uh, uh, pressing. It, it feels like we're very reluctant to press, but also we're just we're just happy to s- surrender the ball and not, not sort of engage players. And I, I, some ball was played through holding... It's very slow to close it down. I don't think we'll get onto him probably, but mm. he was very slow to close. I can't remember who. I think it might have been Tiedemans or someone sort of went through slightly. They brought it back, played it back, and you could probably stop the, the 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 replay there and see. In fact, it might it might have been Tiedemans who played the ball. No, it was Ricardo played the ball inside. We have about five or six players just stop. And watch him play it in. It's so passive. It's so. We've been doing it all season. I remember mentioning it after the Burnley game. We're so passive to defend wide areas, and he'd so much time to to you know get his head up and play that pass inside. And yeah, no one closed the, the pass down. We literally had five players stop. What when he got the ball in a dangerous area, played inside. Um, Bellerin's weirdly narrow. I don't know why he was that narrow. He should have been marking Be- uh, Vardy at the back post. It leaves Chambers a bit flat-footed, um, and Vardy buries it. Um, yeah, but really frustrating. And it just—it was a sort of theme throughout the game. Very much. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's. I, I can't tell whether it's players not playing for him, or I, I don't know if they're not playing for him, but not giving. 100% and not willing not being willing to close people down or whether it's instructed for them to sit off and not press and play very passively and that was frustrating because that did cost us that goal 
Yeah, well, and, and just to clarify what you were saying, it was Tielemans that did end up bagging the assist to, uh, yeah. to Vardy in that sequence. But um, it was a little flick, and then yeah, yeah, you're Ricardo right. Played I, the initial ball into the player who flicked it, who might have been Madison. yeah, just yeah, I'm just watching that. Yeah, it was a nice goal to be fair, but a poor defending, mm. you know, poor defending. And I just I I do kind of want to add on to what you said right there about the players possibly not playing for the for the manager, and I have to kind of second that. You know, just because I'm not sure about it. I see. No, I, I, I think, I think that's just factual, man. Because you look at, look at the passion behind. You know, for example, Leicester, not just in their celebrations after scoring. You know, so Yunchu lifting mm. Madison like Simba. You know, it was. I don't know if you saw that Twitter post. Quite funny, but um, mm. it, it was just the general manner in which they played. You know, they looked like they wanted more. You know, and and I, I personally said this a lot towards the end of Wenger's reign was the players just look like they don't want anything to do with the boss. You know, oh, they definitely. look like they're, cause you know, we both work, you know how it is. If your boss is not a total deal hole, then you're going to want to work hard for them. But if they're, That's you true. know, if you're like, my boss sucks, you know, then you don't really care what happens because honestly, at the end of the day, the worse you kind of work or in their case, the worse they play, the more, likely the they, more get, they go. They, yeah. They get it. They get a new boss. You know, then maybe their their new boss isn't going to be, you know, kind of annoying, like just makes mm. you watch PowerPoints all day, explains <laughs> to you in inaudible ways that you can't even really understand. You know, maybe then you'll get a new boss that you actually can comprehend what they're trying to say. So mm. I, I actually I think that's I know you said you're not really <clears throat> too sure about it, but I've got to be honest. I, I do think that that is starting to seem more and more the case to me now. I just. I think that a lot of those players at the team want a new manager. You know, I don't think there's any coincidence, and we'll get into this a little bit later with, with Lacazette and Aubameyang. I don't think there's any real coincidence that they're both stalling on signing a new contract. I don't think it's just because of the fact that um, we kind of look like we're not probably going to get into the Champions League, at least through finishing in the top four, which is sad considering it's only November. Obviously, things can change. Crazier things have happened. Um, but I think both of them, they both can play for some of the best clubs in the world, you know, and they have to kind of take a moment, <coughs> excuse me, they have to both kind of take a moment to look at the fact of, you know, is Emery going to get the best out of me? Am I going to reach my full potential at Arsenal under Emery? And you've got to be honest, I don't think they are. Yeah. I'm sure they're not the only ones in the dressing room thinking that. And then Alfie, just to compile on all of this shit basically that's been happening recently. We defended well in the first half. Um, this is at this stage. And I finally started to watch the game again. Um, mm, beautiful strike from James Madison. Yeah. I mean, Oh uh, yeah, it was a brilliant goal. But, uh, but, but what do you mean? The, the response? Yeah. The response was terrible. What was there a response even like, well, we that's, were, that's saying, why I was kind of exactly. As I was saying that we were the better team. Uh, in the opening stages of the second half, I thought we were controlling possession and stuff and we were building something. As soon as they score, no comeback, no no inspiring player taking the game by the neck. I can't remember us getting near their goal after they scored. It was completely no. flat. And I don't think the substitutions helped. I don't know why he's waiting. Why does he wait? The game's not going well. He probably thought it was going well. Yeah. He probably said that. The game's not going Delusional well. Completely. He waits until we go 2-0 down to change it. And so when, when we're 1-0 down, he probably should have done it before we're 1-0 down. 
when we were building momentum, he should have brought on an extra attacking player to sort of take advantage of it. He waits until they score the second, when we're down, when we're crumbling, when it's very difficult to make an impact and brings on Pepe. I couldn't understand that. I thought that was the change he needed to make, but I thought he should have made it a whole lot earlier. And then he brings on Willock for Torreira. Again, I sort of understood it. I thought Torreira had a poor game. Um, and, you know, that's probably the other obvious choice off the bench. But it was far too late. Um, and, yeah, I think the fact there was no response, again, could possibly build that theory you were just making about the players not playing for the manager. Um, because, you know, they've conceded. Now they can sort of, you know, the game's running out. They're probably losing a bit of motivation to go and get it. They probably think maybe he's gone in the next 15 minutes if we don't get something. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, you actually pulling me back there kind of did bring me back to a question that I was supposed to ask you. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, they talked about this in <clears throat> pretty big detail against, or, or rather in the Arscast, and mm. it was um, Unai Emery in his press conference said, after Leicester scored the first goal, the game was done. Hmm. The game plan was basically out the window. That's what he that said. That is extremely concerning. What the fuck, dude? You're gonna be, you're going to go behind in games. That I, that's my opinion. Sounds, I don't know what you think. Exactly, but that sounds like you're a manager of a of a of a team that you know is fighting for relegation, who can't score many goals, and you know, their game plan is to hold on for a point, maybe snatch one on the break, and if you concede, well, that's basically the game dead and buried. <sighs> With players like, if you do just simple math, you know, I'm not getting their exact amounts or anything, but you've got Pepe at 70 million, Lacazette and Aubameyang added up, equate to about 100 million, and mm. then Ozil, um, he's about 40 million. Mm. You know, do the math there, how much money in attack do we actually have? And you're telling me that if we go a goal behind to all due respect, they're having a phenomenal season. And for real, I think they'll probably finish in the top four, Mm. but we're going to Leicester city. We're Arsenal fucking football club, Alfie. And we're going to Leicester city under the impression that if we go a goal behind in the 68th minute is when Jamie Vardy scored the game's done. That is ridiculous. That is an absolutely preposterous notion. And Frankly, if that's his mindset, I don't think he should be managing at all, let alone at Arsenal, mm, because that is such he, a piss poor yeah. mentality. I think he he could he probably take pride managing someone like Sheffield United, but I mean we're not Sheffield United. He can't you can't I mean, have that he, mentality yet. But do you really think he to... would? I don't think he could take the job from Chris Wilder. He's a better manager. No, no, I don't. <laughs> he does. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I think he would probably suit them. Oh, yeah, yeah, just the, the manner in which they play. Yeah, I agree with you. And that should not be the guy that's managing us. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting into the second goal, James Madison, absolute banger. You know, I, yeah. I personally like James Madison as a player. I think he's fucking decent. I think you know, he's, he's very a, good, yeah. He's a good bowler. But uh, Vardy with the assist, assist and a goal on the night. Mm. Um, Leno, I don't think he could do much about that one. Rooted to the spot and mm. Madison pulled it in such a – strange direction that you never really expect the attacker to go in that scenario pulls it to the um to the near post rather than the far post and just lasers it beautiful goal um Mm. and then we're done Mm. nothing else 
Should we do no, we just, uh, we player lost. ratings quickly or not? Yeah, we could just we could run through the player ratings if uh, if you if you'd like, and then we could, we'll get into the kind of shenanigans going off the pitch. Um, we're gonna keep this kind of short for Alfie. It's about eleven o'clock there, so yeah, we'll keep this at about an hour or just a little bit under. I was thinking, but yeah, let's do the player ratings, and then we'll get into the shenanigans going on off the pitch, and then we'll ride into the sunset and call it a day, my friend. All right, uh, Leno. Um. Well. Man, fuck. Um, <laughs> bit I've weird actually because player ratings for the site. So okay, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear which. Like to hear what you what you thought about Leno's performance. Right, I will say the buck. Joke. No, 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 no. I'm I'm going first. Oh, so don't you enough. forget it. Fair, fair. No, but I just want to hear what you say um, after. But um, mm. I just think personally, the Germans' distribution has been pretty poor. You know, I don't know if you've really noticed that. I don't. I just don't think he's been passing very well. He looks kind of unsure of himself. Like we were saying about, you know, Lacazette, though, I think that more so comes down to a collective um, kind of thing. It's just, everybody's pretty low on confidence at the moment, not just Leno or not just Lacazette. Um, I don't think realistically he could have done much for either of the goals. I don't know what your thoughts are. So I would I'd probably give him a six. I said... Uh, maybe this is a bit, maybe this is a bit generous. I said seven. Mm. <clears throat> I actually said basically the same thing you just said there. I said, I wrote for the for the site poor distribution. Uh, but perhaps this is a more syst- uh, systematic problem rather than a lack of technical ability in his passing. Yeah, like I could we, see that exactly. And again, yesterday we struggled to play out from back. And this is something I actually didn't mention about David Louise. Uh, when we got the ball, he sort of drove into midfield and he was sort of the one taking the ball out of the defence. Normally, you know, we get Guendouzi or Shaka to sort of drop in there and bring the ball out of the defence and be the first player from from the back to sort of build attacks. It was David Luiz and it was a bit of a strange thing. But it didn't mm. really yeah, help been... us play out from the back and, you know, Leicester were pressing highly and we kept losing the ball in deep areas. And yeah, as you're saying, I do think his distribution has been quite poor. I don't know how much I'd put it down to him, though. I think he doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's instructed to do. He don't know how he should mix it up. He doesn't know who he should be aiming for. Yeah. It all feels so uncoordinated. Um, but I said, obviously, resolute from crosses and commanded his box well. Kept us within reach of Leicester. He did make some good saves. Not outstanding saves, but some decent ones. Um, Doing the job, though. Yeah, so I, I said seven. Maybe it's a bit generous. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. I, th- I think so. We'll, we'll pull it together, find the average 6.5. Not a poor, not a horrible performance from, um, yeah. from Leno, to be honest with you. I just, I think, like you said, man, he's a victim of a, of a flawed system. Yeah. Uh, Callum Chambers, I said seven. I thought he was the best of our back three. I, th- I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> exactly. I thought he was caught a bit flat-footed for the uh, Vardy opener. Um, he sort of allowed Vardy to peel away from him. But other than that, I thought he was pretty solid. And I do think this right side of a back three suited him. He had quite a few important intervention, interventions, actually, I can think of. Um, and yeah, just pretty solid defensively. Didn't Wasn't really phased by, you know, Harvey Barnes on that side and Ben Shilwell. Um, so yeah, I thought he did well. I gave him a seven. Yeah, I think that Chambers on a constant basis or on a consistent basis rather is 
proving that he does deserve to be in the starting uh, starting eleven. And mm. yeah, I think I think he looked really comfortable where he was actually mm. too. Also very good on the ball. Some very good passes. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I mean, mm. he he's. I would say he was definitely the best out of the back line in that definitely. game. Um, he's just he like you said, he looks comfortable on the ball. It's, it's very evident that he kind of played in that Regista kind of role that he used to play with at Fulham. But he's also mm. defensively competent as well. So he's an asset for us going into the future. I really do think I really do think that's the case. There was a lot of talk about us possibly even selling him last summer. I don't think that's really an option now, if I'm being honest. I think he's one of the better defenders at the club, which granted isn't saying much, but yeah. I, I will agree with <laughs> I will agree with the uh, rate on him. I think a seven is, is a fair, fair, fair rating. Fair enough. Uh, David Louise. Uh, I don't think five. he was, Yeah, I don't think he was dreadful, but I don't think he was very good. Mm. Um, you like you said it earlier, he was really high up the pitch mm. at certain moments. It you know, made it just, sense in a way as a tactical ploy because we we've seen him do that with Chelsea. You know, bring yeah, he's no stranger. And he was the player who started, and it meant Granduzzi and Torreira playing slightly further forward, and were sort of receivers more than players starting the attacks. Uh, which so, uh, I think it didn't really suit them as much, but it suits Louise more. Yeah, like a false defensive mid. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, he he doesn't he didn't look too uncomfortable there. It's just mm. I thought his I passing know, man. was I, terrible though. His passing was terrible. So he's supposed sloppy. to be the best passer of the back, exactly. passer out of the back that we have, and he's just he's not. Mm. You know, there was we saw uh, one instance where he tried to loop in the ball to Aubameyang, just one of his trademark like sixty yard loop mm. uh, long balls rather. That didn't come to fruition. It was a poor pass. And yeah, I just, I agree with you, man. I, I would say five. I think he was not nearly as good as Chambers. And it's just, uh, thankfully, he was only eight million pounds, but was signing him really worth it? It's you know, I mean, looks just like a great deal so far. Reminiscent hasn't of really a, done anything. Sylvester, when he came yeah, to the United. Yeah, I can see shades of that. You know, he just doesn't mm. look like he really, he just doesn't, he doesn't belong here, really, you know? Mm. I think you'd probably say stuff like, oh, his experience would be beneficial to the squad. And he is the oldest player in the squad, but he hasn't been a good acquisition so far. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his passing was really sloppy and it invited, consistently invited pressure from Leicester's intense, but he kept playing balls to Bellerin, Kalasinac and the other two centre-backs, which just put them under a lot of pressure. And it was, yeah, I thought it was poor and I gave him a five. Yeah. I, I would, uh, I'd say five as well. Mm. Actually, to my opinion, I think Holding was probably the worst defensive player. Yeah. Um, I, I just, he's, I don't want to be too harsh on him. I'm going to have to give him a four just because I think he was the worst out of the defensive players. Mm. But there's going to be like a, an asterisk next to that kind of just because I, <clears throat> I just don't. I don't want to. I don't want to berate him or anything, just because he's coming back from that horrible injury, and mm. I don't think Holdings really looked all that solid since he's come back from that injury. He looks incredibly rusty, and I think mm. for him, it's just going to take a lot of time for him to be integrated back into this. You know, he just he looked sloppy. He was making errors on the ball. Doesn't look as comfortable on it now either. I, I'd give him a four. Person, I don't know your thoughts on I it. maybe agree. you have. I had a five, yeah. but I think four is fair. I said uh, poorly exposed in the lead up to the first goal. Uh, I think it was probably an error 
to throw him into a league, his first league game in this game, one of you know this magnitude. It's a massive game to throw yeah. him in when he hasn't played in the Premier League since. Um, and also, he doesn't seem to be able to play too frequently, um, you know, in short spaces of time um, at the moment. And yeah, Perez gave him all sorts of problems, and even Ricardo as well down that side. And he wasn't helped by Kalasnac, who. Well, we'll get into Kalasnac. Uh, as usual, neglect is, neglected as defensive exactly. uh, duties, rather. Exactly. Uh, Bellerin. I just thought Bellerin played okay in the game. I really do. I, th- I think forward. Um, he's been another one, like Holding, that has been a bit rusty mm. since he's come back because he had that really serious injury. But, yeah, like you said, understandable. But I just thought in this game he played all right. I, I do. Um, I was saying to you before the – I, was this before the podcast or was this during? I don't even know. It's all globbing together now. Um, I, I think he's a bit better going forward than he is defending. So I kind of liked him actually in that in that system. I kind of like him as a wing back, to be honest. I think he looked pretty okay out there. Um, I mm, I give him a seven. I give Bellerin a seven. Fair enough. I gave him a six, but I think again seven's probably fair. Yeah, I think we looked a lot more threatening down the right hand side than we did in the left in general. And he was sort of Definitely. the architect of that. You know, he's constantly providing that overlap, providing that outlet on the right-hand side. Most of our best attacking play did come with him. I'm thinking the link-up with Aubameyang a few times and, you know, that chance he created for Lacazette, him and Aubameyang. Um, mm. And, yeah, I think he dealt with Chilwell pretty well, getting down that side and even Barnes. Defensively, I think he was solid. I know you're saying I think he's better. I, I do... I uh, want to point out, and I said it on the goal, he was caught very weirdly narrow for that opener. But, yeah, I'd agree. I gave him a six. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. And and also worth noting, just before um, we move on, um, mm. Madison's goal did go through his legs. Mm. I, I don't think that was really That's a bit harsh. too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My dad, my dad has a horrible agenda against Bellerin. I have no idea why. I mean, he was really? like, see, look at Bellerin again. And Bellerin again. And I was, I was like, all right, man, you don't got to hate on the guy because he's handsome. But it's just like, you know, he, it's, that's what a defender's going to do is open his legs. I'd rather have him like that than hold his legs together like he's, you know, doing a pencil drop into a pool or something, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Torreira, I give him a five. I think he struggled to. Oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Don't forget Kalash I'm going, I'm going three. Four, three, and I'm going like right across the midfield to the left. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Sorry, different different <laughs> methods, different people, different methods for, for right, player man. rating. Um, we're all different. Exactly, we're all different. My bad. You do it the retarded route. I do it the sensible route. Fuck off. Fuck off. Again, retarded. <laughs> uh, yeah, Torreira. I, I gave him five. I think he struggled to impose himself on quite a. Or in a very good Leicester midfield, quite a ragged and doggish one, particularly with uh, Ndidi in there. And although we've obviously spoken a lot about him being played in sort of more advanced areas, he was he was he was slightly deeper today. Although today on Saturday, but although he's de- deployed slightly deeper uh, than he has been in recent games, he was still see he still seemed to be instructed to press high up the pitch and get into these advanced areas. I, th- I can think of a few times where he did get into the you know, into the final third. And he just looks out of place there. Um, yeah. And and on the ball, I thought he was very sloppy throughout. There was quite a few bad passing passes. 
So yeah, there's been a lot of um. I, I sent you in a Terrera article where, by the way, disclaimer: it's spelled Terrera wrong. I'm pretty sure like eight times because <laughs> my spell check could just yeah. So just prepare for a fair bit of editing because my little laptop just could not comprehend his little name. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's been a lot of paper talk about Terrera possibly wanting him to, to leave. Mm, doesn't surprise and me. And it doesn't surprise me. He doesn't look happy. Mm. You know, not only is he being played in the wrong position on a perpetual basis, but we see it with a lot of the South American players in particular. I think that the, you know, the kind of prospect of playing for Arsenal is really exciting, you know, considering he moved from Sampdoria, which all due respect to Sampdoria, but we are a significantly larger club than them. Mm. You know, that seems like a really good move for him, you know, and now looking at his career, like, I don't know, from say somebody who doesn't understand football, you know, and looks at Torreira and, oh, he plays for Uruguay and Arsenal, you know, he must be a good player, mm. you know, and obviously for he himself, that's something that I'm sure he's proud of. But a lot of these South American players, when they come to the Premier League, I don't think they really understand that England's weather is actually fucking horrendous. <laughs> you know, it's like they just, they, when they all, all of them, all of them, all of them, when they first get here or here, I don't live in fucking England one day. Um, when they first get there, not only do they, you know, get a few shades lighter, but they get like these weird bags under their eyes and just start to look fucking miserable. You know, and I think that, that that's Terrera's kind of getting into that way of life now. You know, and I just, mm. I don't know, man. I've got this, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm wrong, but I kind of have this funny feeling he won't be here next season. Um, I mean, yeah, it looks just, like that at the moment. If there's a different manager, things may change, but I don't know. To yeah, possibly. What did you, what do you think? But yeah, sorry. I just went off on a complete tangent, <laughs> but well, with his, um, with this performance, um, I don't think he played well. I actually think Indeedy completely outclassed him. Mm. Um, I like Ndidi. Personally, I think he's a fucking baller, dude. He's, he's got, a uh, decent best, player. Most interceptions, most tackles, and most ball recoveries. Um, that doesn't surprise uh, me. Per game this season, yeah. Th- that doesn't player. surprise me at all. Mm. I think I think he'll be one of the next ones that Leicester end up selling for the ridiculous fee of like eighty million pounds or mm. something. You know, just because he's decent, man. I, I to be fair, I'd probably take him in the Arsenal. Midfield. Definitely, we need someone I, opposing. I, Particularly when you're not playing yeah, he's, there. he's big and he's just kind of a jerk off. You know, he's mean. <laughs> I, I like that though. I like that player personally. But yeah, about Terrera's performance, I actually think he might even be being a bit generous with the five. I would personally give him a four. I thought he was really poor in the game. Very, very, very sloppy. Fair give enough. Uh, when Doozy, I said five as well. I think this was probably one of his weakest performances this season. Uh, yeah. To be fair, that's that's quite a high bar. Um, he was he was really sloppy on the ball um, on Saturday. And he, he got bullied physically a lot as well. But again, my indeed, he, the, the two of them couldn't cope. And with Tielemans and, and Madison, very uh, creative. And they couldn't cope with them. And uh, yeah, neither of them offered the back three any protection at all. Um, I think he did. However, I think we, we, we probably get merits maybe a slightly higher rating than Terrera, I did, did think he had some good moments offensively in terms of driving us forward. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. 
so frustrated. He had <laughs> to you, throw the did mic. Did you hear like, that? Fuck this shit. I did. Oh, uh, yeah, my, my phone fell off the table. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're so good. my mic fell happens, off. man. Yeah. Yeah. What was I saying? Trying to make cases. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, it's actually smashed. Um, yeah. Gwendozy. What? I'm so lost now. Oh, yeah. Did you so... really smash your phone? No, no, no. It was a terrible oh, okay. joke. <laughs> oh, God, dude. You're kind of like giving me anxiety. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, th- I do think he was, he had some good moments offensively when he was driving us forward, but in general, quite a poor performance. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, it, he was just a bit sloppy in the game. I think, in my opinion, I think it was a bit better than Torreira. I personally would give him a five, mm. and then Torreira gave him a four. But yeah, very sloppy. Looked like he was just completely. I think Torreira was outshined by Ndidi, and then I think Guendouzi was outshined by Tielemans. So <coughs> I give Guendouzi a five. Fair enough. Uh, Kalasanach, again, I gave a five. Maybe that's even being generous. I think. You know, we, we always talk about, well, I don't, but everyone always says, oh, at least he's very good going forward. Barring his contribution to our offside goal, which he may have actually missed. Um, did you miss that? Uh, yeah, I did actually miss that. Uh, I didn't even get to see the offside goal. Well, yeah, we scored in that 20-minute period where we were actually looking decent. Um, and it <laughs> came from, like, one of those Kalasnach overlaps, uh, squaring the ball to Aubameyang, and he sort of tapped it in. Barring that contribution, I, I can't remember him doing anything offensively. There were hardly any crosses. Um, and you would have forgiven him in that sense had he been you know, concentrating on his defensive side of the game. But he constantly left holding exposed to Perez and Ricardo, two very competent players. Um, in fact, I thought Ricardo was very good. Uh, again, caught napping in the build-up to Vardy's goal. His passing again was so... So conservative, you know. Last season, he had that terrible uh, pass completion rate, you know, fifty percent regularly. It does seem like someone's instructed him to, you know, play more safe passes. And now, whenever he gets the ball and he's under a slight bit of pressure, he goes backwards. And he, yeah, it just means he's consistently going backwards and has no ball progression. Uh, So yeah, I give him a five. I think maybe that's generous, to be honest. Actually, (laughs) I agree with your five personally, but I just, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Left holding. Um, exposed constantly. Mm. You know, we were just um, comparing the other side of the defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. You know, Bellerin was actually doing quite well mm. protecting Callum Chambers there, you know, so not too much came down that side. Yeah. Whereas the other side, Kalashnach offered absolutely no protection, you know, and it was just constantly a Yosi Perez was getting in there. Mm. Um, Harvey Barnes as well. Um, Ricardo Pereira, or, or not yeah. Harvey Barnes, excuse me, Ricardo Pereira. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it constantly looked like Leicester, when they were coming down that side, had a really good chance of scoring. And I will say this about Kalasinac's, um going forward, because I agree with what you said. People saying, oh, at least he's good going forward. First of all, no, he's really not. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a, a baby. He had a period you know, like you said, he's a bit he was scared. threatening last season, but that faded because everyone found it out. Yeah, he got figured out really quickly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's a former player of ours who obviously doesn't get, who obviously doesn't play here anymore. Mm. But if a Wobi was crossing like that during his time here, he'd probably have been beheaded. (laughs) You know, but since since Kalashnikov, he's the 
Hulk, you know, <laughs> oh, well, just just leave him alone. You know, at least he protected Ozil in a mugging. It's like, oh, come on. Mm. You know, he doesn't I, – I don't think Kalashnik is good enough for Arsenal Football Club. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that the sooner we sell him and bring in maybe – I don't know, maybe a young – we talked about this, and supposedly we were looking at a young left back uh, about a few weeks ago. I don't know if that's still um, being looked at at the moment, but mm. I think the quicker we sell him for maybe 20 mil, bring in another that is, young, that is ambitious, hungry player. I think. I, dude, Don Raul got 40 mil for a Wobie, so – I think he but could did do he? It. Apparently, it was twenty-eight plus add-ons to thirty-five. Oh well. Oh fuck, Again. Down, Raul. Then no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Still though, he's not worth that. Yeah. Well, I think he is actually in this market. You think? Yeah. I think he's underrated. Yeah. But anyway, well, yeah, I, hope no, he does no, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like the old Manny deal was pretty good. Yeah, just I I think we would just we should just get rid of him. He was free, so it doesn't. It's not. That's Any true. loss, exactly. No matter how much we sell them for, so I'd say get rid. Maybe even bring in like a young English left back or something. That'll be good for the club. Mm. We have no know? one coming through if... apart from that young Spanish guy, but he's about sixteen. Yeah, it's a bit. That's kind of a baptism of fire. Mm. For being honest, you know, I don't want to throw him in that young. But yeah, I actually agree with your Kalashnikov five rating. To be honest, exactly. Uh, Meza Ozil, I gave him a six. Uh. Not a sparkling creative performance, uh, but I think that's kind of hard to expect from a number 10 and playing in this sort of system, playing this cautiously. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he was almost playing as a false nine at times, which didn't really suit him. And having said that, uh, I thought when we did get into the final third, uh, he gave us an element of control on the ball. You know, he gives us that continuity. He will keep the ball in the final third. He will look to create things, even if he's not that creative. Um, this was in his most sparkling creative game. He does give us that element of control and can pick passes and help us keep the ball in that area, which we struggled to do so without him. So, And he was at the heart of a lot of the moves we did look to construct. So I think, although it wasn't a brilliant Mezzo performance, I think a six is quite reasonable. Yeah, I do too. Um, shout out to all the people on Twitter who say I have an agenda against Ozil. Um, I I think he actually played uh, played pretty well given the context of how the rest of the players played, mm. you know. Um, so I think six is a fair, fair rate, though. Looked like he was trying to get things done, like mm. you said. Does add an element of continuity to the midfield. He doesn't really lose the ball yeah, all that often, exactly. you know. That's what's even in that's the final nice. third, which is impressive. Exactly. Yeah, and that's a good thing because I think Guendouzi, especially since he sometimes I think tries a little too hard, which sounds weird to say. But since he tries a little too hard, he does lose the ball pretty frequently. And then Torreira, who obviously was sloppy in that game as well, also lost the ball quite frequently. Mm. I think Oza was one of the few actually in that team who seemed like they were capable of kind of holding the ball, starting a passage of play. The one, um, the one chance that I did see in the first half where Lacazette, with a horrible miss, should have scored. I think it was in the 20th minute or so where he just pulled it wide of the, mm. of the far post. Um, Ozil was included in that passing sequence, you know, mm. and him coming back into the lineup has certainly added a more kind of defined look of cre uh, defined just element of creativity. Basically, you know, we look mm. like we actually can create chances. Not that we are, but we look like we're capable of doing so. Mm. So I give him a six. I give him a six personally. I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. Fair enough. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, again, I gave him a six. 
I some, think that's fair as well. Some say that's generous, but I think he was starved of, starved of service again. I think I saw a stat going around. Three shots in his last three games for one yeah, of the that's, hottest that's strikers atrocious. In, in Europe right now. What, we're, yep. we're wasting him. Um, <laughs> and as I said, yeah, and as you said, he was deployed really unnecessarily wide. You know, one of the, the, the pros of this formation was, was the fact that we could use Lacazette and Aubameyang. I do understand playing a slight split strike partnership because um, it sort of did work at times last season, but they were far too split. They were basically playing out wide. And yeah, that sort of annoyed me because um, it meant he wasn't getting... And it meant uh, they just had two centre-backs completely unoccupied, Evans and Sionchu. Uh Having said that, he did get involved in quite a lot of our build-up play, actually, particularly in that first half. Um he had a few, as I said, he had linked well with Bellerin on a few occasions. Um, had some dangerous moments. So, yeah, I gave him a six. I think the people that were saying that six is, you know, generous kind mm. of need to calm down a little bit. I think he actually played pretty well. Yeah. I think he was one of the few people who looked like he was <clears throat> capable of, uh, capable and willing to kind of grab the ball and just run at people with it, you know, which has kind of been something we've been seeing with him as of recently like you said he's been involved in a substantial amount of not only our um, plays in that game but also just in the past few games and that's because basically he's not getting any service at all mm, so you know he's, he's having to drop back yeah he wants the ball because he's a world-class player and that's what world-class players want they want to be able to make an impact but you know it's it's just facts what you said mm. we are wasting Yang at the moment one stat that I just I will never forget because I was so pissed off at him at the time. Um, was when we played Monaco a few years ago in the Champions League, and Giroud had six chances in the game and zero on target. Oh yeah, that that's was one of the most horrendous individual performances I've seen in Arsenal show. Exactly, and that is a bad striker. And that you know you could say, oh yeah, that was a really shit performance or whatever. But mm. the fact that Aubameyang has had half of six chances in three times the games mm. pretty much just kind of tells you all you need to, bo- to know about the manner in which we're playing at the moment. It's a complete joke. And Aubameyang is just being wasted. You know, one of the best strikers in world football is just being completely wasted. And yeah. I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. So six though, six, sorry, six <laughs> to, uh, to agree with you. I'd agree. Uh, Lacazette, I gave him a five. I think maybe maybe that's a bit harsh. I don't know. I think I gave him a six personally. Yeah, I, I initially gave him a six when I was writing the ratings, and I changed it when I started doing my description, realizing there wasn't that much positivity about it. I thought in front of goal, I think he was very poor again. He looks a bit haphazard and you know poor finishing, and I still think in other areas of his game he's a bit wasteful in the final third. Um, but at least he did sort of provide the team with a focal point to play off. And a lot of his hold-up play and link-up play was quite good. And he, he brought other people into the game. And he was at the heart of some of the good moves we constructed. So I guess you could say that. Yeah, maybe if I did points, I know you do points. I'd probably give him a 5.5. 5.5. That's fair. I, I would personally give him a 6 just because I did quite like his hold-up play. I think that's been an element that's been kind of missing from our um, attack over the past few games. I know he's obviously coming back now, but, you know, he hasn't really looked his sharpest. I just think that, man, if we got that front four out there of Ozil in behind, Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe, it's got everything, man. 
yeah, would paper, awesome. It's really it really exciting. would. Yeah. So why don't we just try it? I mean, we're up shit creek mm. anyway. Where are we going to go? We're, we're sinking. You know, might as well blow up the ship while we're at it too. You know, just go for it. Mm. I just, but yeah, I, I don't think Lacazette was too, <clears throat> too bad in the game. I think, I would think five is a bit harsh. I'd give him a six. His finishing, like you said, was pretty terrible. Um, he really pissed me off in the 20th minute when he <clears throat> missed that chance. But, you know, he's rusty. He's just coming back from an injury. So it happens. Strikers miss chances too. The best in the world miss chances. So, is what it is, but I thought his hold-up play was good, so I personally would, would give him a six. Fair play. Uh, should we even do that? I, I honestly don't know if we should do the subs because I just give them all little, standard like fives or sixes. Yeah. I don't well, think they did three. anything. There's only two subs. I mean, there's only Pepe and Willock, I think. Maybe oh, is it? I don't think anyone else came on. I don't, not that I remember. Again, why aren't you using more subs when things aren't going well? Things are going your way, you, do, <coughs> dude. As soon as Leicester conceded. An Arsenal sub should have been made. Mm. Simple as. I and maybe it, even before was, that, though. Yeah, I was saying, I think you should have like, brought Pepe on whilst we were on top to sort of cement Definitely. that and, and, you know, take advantage of it. But yeah. Yeah, I think we're done pretty much. We've done the Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really worth rating the subs. Um, yeah. We'll just get into the kind of happenings off the pitch. We'll just, let's talk about this for. Um, Five minutes, and then we could get into some of those questions that Alfie got on his mm. Instagram. It's just a little thing I wanted to – two little things I wanted to mention. It's kind of the news going around, I guess you can say. Mm. Um, first of all, the board had a little – they talked about this on the Arscast. The board had a little um, little meeting with the staff of Arsenal, and that's some things that the likes of Senlehi, Vinay, and Edu said was leaked. And I'm not quite sure which individual actually said this. I would assume it was probably Vinay, just because he's kind of the more like spokesman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he really is all that included with what's going on. I think he's just more of like the politician guy, basically, that comes along. Um, But basically, they, one of those three, said we need the backing of the external sources. By the way, that's what fans are known as now, is the external sources. Um, and the board is firmly behind Unai Emery. I would like to know your thoughts on um, Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Um, in fact, when I, I think I saw that and I saw the Ornstein report as well about how they're 100% backing him. And I put my Instagram story up. It made me feel sick, to be honest. How, what, what they can see from that what can, they can see of progress from Emery. I don't what what signs of progress are there? And the external sources, it does just seem like uh, they're just sort of the fans don't matter. Maybe maybe that's not what they're trying to say, but that's sort of what it feels like. Yeah, that is kind of what it's what it feels it's kind like. Of and, alienating I that this... and building and fueling the toxicity. It's like we're just the little peasants, you know, and yeah. they shut your fucking mouth and we will you know we'll do our job because we actually know what's going on you guys are just idiots that pay the stupid amount of money to go watch us the idiots that wake up at three in the morning to watch us every week (laughs) fuck you seriously do not that that really pissed me off and rubbed me the wrong way first of all call us fans we're not external sources jesus christ you know oh my god you know and second of all 
Do you know why the fans aren't backing the manager and the team? Because they're playing like shit. Mm. It's, it's really that simple. And, you know, it's not that we're not backing the team, but we're frustrated and we feel like the board aren't going to fucking do anything about it. And clearly we're right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pissed off out there. I, I, uh, I just, I really was hoping that this new regime coming in place was going to be a bit merciless and wasn't scared to pull the trigger on Unai Emery, but I think mm. they are. I don't think they have any intention of doing it till the end of the season. We have uh, a bet on that, obviously. So the one benefit of this is I think I'm going to get yeah. like five quid, but uh, um, yeah, don't think they're going to sack him, man. I, w- I, I would love nothing more than to wake up tomorrow morning to a message from Alfie on WhatsApp saying, yo, you owe me five bucks, but I know uh, it's not going to fucking happen. That is the bad, you know, bad bit. it's just, yeah. he's, he's not going to get sacked. It'll be the best five bucks I ever spent, but it's just, it's mm. not going to happen. You know, not going to fucking happen. And then the other thing, um, bit of mutiny going mm. on, I guess you could say. Um, Aubameyang with, I don't even want to call it cryptic because it's really okay. fucking obvious what he's saying. Did you see his um, Instagram story? <laughs> he looks very, Yeah. that's what I'm looking at right now. He looks very melancholy. He's got his, he's got his, uh, what would that be? His left, is that his left cheek or his, oh, hold on. No idea. His right cheek in his hand. Um, yeah. And black and white photo. Very nice touch. Really nice selfie. You see the cat scratches on his eyebrows. Looking That's cool. analyzing the um, selfie. He said, yeah, he said, um, I, th- I think that's 1960s retro <laughs> filter. <laughs> he said, I-, I just arrived in Gabon and hurt heard a lot of bullshits. Um, I talk with who I want whenever I want. And if somebody's not happy with you already know, middle finger emoji. So basically he's saying about him being mates with troops from AFTV. He's basically saying, if you don't like it, you can yeah. suck it, you know, because I'm going to fucking keep talking to him anyway. And fair play to Obama. He should be able to talk yeah. to whoever the fuck he wants. I've, I've seen contrasting opinions about this. What a preposterous yeah, I've thing. Seen some people, and I do understand this argument, he should probably not be liking these posts, although he probably didn't read them, you know, liking stuff like Emery out. Um, and saying we should sell Shaka in January. He has been liking those posts. Right. I do think... <coughs> fucking hell, my throat. Uh, I do think... Oh, you're good. We're almost done. Don't worry. Yeah, I I don't think he's probably read them, but as a captain of the football club, you probably shouldn't be doing that, and you probably should be taking a bit more care of your social media action because you are sort of the symbol of the club as the captain, um, and you have to take responsibility for that. Mm. Having said that, I don't like this stuff about Arsenal potentially telling him to cut off his ties with AFTV. And, you know, as I just said about the, the board thing, it does sort of feel like they're fueling the fuck that they're fueling the toxicity between the fact and the divide between the fan base by doing something like that. You know, I think Albanying has been good to have, you know, made links with AFTV. I think that's, that's a good sign. Um, Exactly. Yeah, I do it too. shows that they're sort of they can relate to the fans and they can sort of have a a rapport there instead of just alienating themselves further. And I really like that about Aubameyang when he came into the club. And I, yeah, I see what people are saying about the negativity just... of AFTV, but I personally I feel like that is bad from the club, and they do feel like they're taking this sort of dictatorship role, and. Yeah, it's it's alienating because these are loyal fans who pay ridiculous amount of money to travel and watch the club, 
and watch the team play and support the team. Yes, they voice their opinion, but what do they expect at the moment? What, how can they expect loads of positivity and a pat on the back after these performances? Yeah, come on. Mm. Don't be delusional. You know, I mean, and it's like you said, you know, for the first time in, in years, I'm, I will confidently say years, there seems to be kind of a bridge to from, from the players to us Arsenal fans. Yeah. You know, I, I think players like Guendouzi, Lacazette seems to care a lot mm. about the fans. Tierney. Aubameyang, you know, these guys, mm. I think Tier, Tierney's really good with the fans. I knew he was going to be when he came, and that's why mm. I was so excited. And you're just seeing this bridge, and you're like, yeah, no, we can't be having that. Mm. Burn it the fuck down. You know, come on. You can think what you want about AFTV, but at the end of the day, they're real mm. Arsenal fans, and they go to every single game, and they break their bank. Granted, they have a bigger <laughs> bank than Alfie or I, but they break their bank to go see Arsenal play around the world. You know, that's more than I could say. I've been to Arsenal mm. games in my entire life. You know, so it's just these guys are legit fans. Not that they're any more of a fan mm. than me or whatever, you know, but they are diehard and they will spend all their money to go see him. So they're, you know, the fact that Aubameyang's talking to troops, for example, who's a pretty likable guy. You can understand mm. why he's talking to him. They're both really successful guys. You know, they're both in the limelight a lot, both massive presences mm. on social media. Why wouldn't Aubameyang talk to him? They both, I mean, Aubameyang, obviously, since he plays mm. for Arsenal and Troops plays for Arsenal as well, they both support mm. the same team now. So why wouldn't he talk to him? It's just, I, I think it's farcical from the board to be like, no, sorry, sorry yeah. you can't talk to him. However, I do agree with what you said. He does need to be a bit careful liking shit, you know. Was it Lacazette that liked the thing about, you know, Troops flipping yeah, off Shaka? Need to be careful with that. I don't mm. think that's acceptable. I think you should always have your have your mm. teammates back. Exactly. And again, I don't think they probably didn't read it. They probably just went down this, you know, particularly on Instagram. You just go down your feed and you like stuff and you move on. You don't even look at the post. You're like, hey, it's you're like, exactly. hey, it's, it's, it's troops. This guy's cool. I've talked to him a few exactly. times. Like, but you, you know. do when you're in the spotlight, you do have to be a bit more careful than that. So, yeah, I remember Oxley Chamberlain yeah. doing it a few years back as well under Wenger. Yeah, with exactly. Wenger out. So, yeah. yeah, it's not good. Uh, I was going to say something about... I think that's all that really exactly. needs to be said about that. About, what, what was what that? Was oh, yeah. Uh, to, back to the board and sort of their backing of Emery. Do you think mm. they're scared to make another poor managerial choice and they're sort of... You know, they don't want to rush into a decision, so they'll wait till the end of the season with Emery whilst they're sort of working it out and then in the summer make make sure they don't get another one wrong. Do you think that's a possible... I'm, I'm not justifying it, I don't agree with it, but do you think that's a possible explanation? If you sort of get where I'm coming from? They mention that. They do, I, I do. And they mentioned that on the mm. Arscast. Um, they said they think the board... <laughs> Excuse me. Wow, my throat's getting dry. Um, they said they think that the board may have somebody mm. in mind. They don't know, obviously, but maybe you know, maybe just maybe we're looking at an Eric Ten Hag mm. from Ajax or something, and maybe they talk to him and he said, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll manage mm. Arsenal. Let's do it. I'll do it next season." You know, and if that's the case, then you really don't want to hire somebody mm. between that. You know, maybe you could bring in. I, I, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd have yeah. to disagree with that, man, because I would rather have Freddie until yeah, the some, end of the season. Got to change. Because I just think that Emery yeah. isn't going to take us anywhere. I agree with that. 
And are she getting to questions? Yeah, let's do the questions and we'll call them, Dave, because holy shit, dude, my throat feels like, ugh. Fair play. Let me just get them up. Wait a second. There we are. Uh... <coughs> Uh, the Sore Throat <laughs> Podcast Experience. Uta Biaguna, which is Jack Skinner, another writer, big up. Um, yeah, uh, Jack. He says, uh, do you think Shaka's Arsenal career is over? Yep. Yeah. Simple answer. Um, I, I think he, it is. He's playing. Uh, I'm actually kind of been pretty public with that. No, I don't think he'll play again. I think he's out in January. I think he'll probably go to Milan. Fair enough. Uh, there was actually, sorry, um, there was actually a pretty valid source saying it on Twitter. Forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but they were saying that he supposedly already uh, agreed house yeah. hunting and agreed Milan. terms with Milan. So Gazidis, the link. I personally wanted to sell him last season, so I don't really have a problem mm. with it. I will say about the whole Jaka situation, I was kind of more so on his Same. side. I, re- I really was just because I think some of our fans sometimes can be fucking dickheads. Mm. I don't think that I think he took it too far, but I understand why he did that. I would have reacted exactly. the same way. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I can pretty second. But yeah, that. I do think his Arsenal career. I, I, I'm not sure. I think I could see him maybe playing a few more times again. I, I don't know. It seems <sighs> weird to to think Possibly. he would not play for three months and then just get a chance for. I don't know. I think he could maybe play maybe in a few away games. You know, if just you know that protection if, from the fans, because I don't, I'm yeah. not sure how much he'd be welcomed back, and maybe a few like easier away games. I'm not sure, but I definitely think. Yeah, if if at all, if at all, it'll be probably away games in the Europa mm, League. Exactly. Uh, there's a few sort of generic ones you'd expect. Oh, uh, K underscore uh, Notch. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Six, seven, eight says, uh, do you think Emery will actually be sacked before the end of the season? Um, nope. I think, I, I don't know if I'll categorize. I know they said that. And again, I said this in the last podcast. He's not, he's going to be backed until he's sacked. If you know what I'm saying, they're not going to come out and say they're thinking of sacking Fucking him. bars, dude. <laughs> I know, sick. I'll put it into a diss track or something. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be sacked. He'll be backed until he's sacked. Um. Uh. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, though. As in, they're not gonna. They're not gonna. Yeah, I do. Up. No, I, I, I agree they're with not you. Gonna come out and say. Um. We're we're thinking of sacking you. Obviously not. We're thinking about. Yeah, firing we're thinking him. about. They're gonna back him until he's gone. I think the fact that they're right, of course. at the moment means that. Um, the fact that backing him at the moment means that he's not going to go immediately. Like he probably won't go until the next game. <laughs> I think he could go by the end of the season. I don't think. I I've got to be honest. I don't think he will, man. I Fair don't enough. think he will. I wish. Mm. I just think he'll. I think he'll stick around. I I really do think though they might have somebody in mind. And you know, with any luck, maybe that's um, Ten Hag. Perhaps. That would be really sick. Or maybe even a Mikel Arteta, but I've been hearing rumors that Everton are possibly interested in, in signing Arteta as their new manager because Marco Silva's a shit show. 
I don't, I don't think so. We're gonna much. have if we want. But fair enough. That's not a discussion for now. That's not. Yeah, that's not what it's about. <coughs> yeah, but um, if we do want Arteta, we're gonna have to be like, all right, yeah, we want him now. You know, obviously pick us over Everton because it's a more promising mm. job. You know, but it's just yeah, it's interesting. Unfortunately, I don't think he'll be sacked prior to the I end agree. of the season, though. Um, Andre underscore Gunner fourteen says we've sort of already answered this, but um. Do you think it was the right decision for us, the Arsenal board to back Emery? And no, <laughs> that's what I'd say. Yeah, they, you know, for guys that really obviously have degrees in like communication and stuff, <laughs> any sensible person would have been like, you know, obviously we see the results aren't going our way and we're not too happy with that. If we feel as though there's somebody that can do the job better than Unai Emery, then we will, you know, not shy away from appointing them or whatever, you know, and then just saying, but at the moment he's got our backing or something but like even that, that, you know, I can't but not being like, yeah, they're probably so scared to, to get under his mm. skin or something. You, I don't you, know, you I mean, but at the end of the day, there, at least publicly. Yeah, but they should know a better way to do it. I mean, right. They have, degrees in this shit they're like geniuses they get paid millions a year to be like master communicators to us fans and they just did had a complete lapse in it and now we're all just nitpicking at what they said because it's really easy to do yeah so i agree uh did you see an attacking improvement with bellerin in the side versus leicester from afc all the way All the way. I think we did look better down the right side, to be honest. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that. And as we said in the player rings for Bellerin, he did link up well with Abang, and he, yeah, he's a, he's a much better threat there than Callum Chambers is anyway. He's got the more more bow ball, quicker, better technical ability. So, agree mm. completely. Uh, question from Coy underscore Gunas or Andrew Delgado. Uh, Koi underscore Gunas on Instagram and Twitter, another writer of the We Love You Arsenal team. Uh, Sir yeah. He said, uh, is the supposed backing of the board a smokescreen for an Im- imminent managerial appointment? I hope so. <laughs> that would be nice. I hope you're right. That would be mm. sick. Yeah. I love nothing more than a smokescreen. When you think about it, Zaha was kind of one for Pepe, it seemed like, which uh, mm. I don't know. And? I kind of would like Zaha sort of too. on that. What did David Ornstein say about about uh, Zaha and Pepe? He said we wanted Zaha. Yeah, and people he said don't. We didn't want Pepe, and there was no way we were getting him. Well, yep. two weeks later, we signed Pepe. Pepe signed. I really, I think honestly, man, the person to look at now is Kike or Kike rather, Kike Marine, Kike Marin. Yeah, but I don't know why I, I said his name Kike. like that, dude. I actually know people. I know like two people named that, and I said Kike. his name wrong. <laughs> that was a quality name. Kike. I just gotta fly my kike. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, yeah. Kike. Or no, how about Kike Marin? Kike Marin. Is that better? Yeah. No, I think he's probably one of the more reliable sources mm. at the moment. And Fabrizio you know, we have a more Romano or whatever. Yeah, the other the the Italian yeah. one. Um we've got a more like ethnic con- contingency <laughs> at the moment with the club. It's not like English, you know, proper Brexit lads, you know, we don't have 
we don't just drip everything to David Ornison. I think the club don't really like him anymore. Because he just quite liked him, but also found him annoying, I think. so. Well, every journalist is, that's good is I annoying. Guess, yeah. so. Good question, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great question. Great question, yeah. Andrew. Uh, this one, quite an interesting one as well. Another one from Andrew. Pepe, Lacazette and Albert aren't a cohesive and balanced front three. Agree? And I would say to that, they have the potential to be, but they definitely aren't at the moment. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely not at the moment, but I think that's more so down to a, a structural... Hmm. Yeah, on paper, you know, I think that for them to be lightning and breathtaking. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would, I don't think that they. I, I would have to just. Is he asking if Bro, they're he says, compatible uh, or Pepe Lacazette and Aubameyang aren't a cohesive and balanced front three? Agree. Okay, Agree, he, he thinks mark. they're not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he thinks. Okay, they're I would actually. have to disagree. Yeah. I'd have to disagree just because on paper, like you said, I think they can be. I've already seen them. Lacazette's as well. kind of more like as a front three. Yeah, and I think I think Lacazette's the more like physical out of them, the more industrious, hard mm. worker. Pepe, I think, without a doubt, is the best creator out mm. of them, good at set pieces and stuff. Probably the best dribbler mm. as well. And then Aubameyang's the cold blooded finisher. So I think in theory, if they're in a, a good system, they actually could complement each other all really well. So I'd have to disagree with you there, Andrew. Fair enough. Uh, Harry Williams.06 says, uh, with Lacazette not playing particularly well up front and with Aubameyang uh, more suited to a central role, would you try Lacazette at centre-attacking midfield, Cam? <coughs> ah, I said this to you before the season. You remember that? I knew that you didn't like it I too much. I don't know how, if your thoughts have changed on it now. But I personally wouldn't be opposed mm. to that. I think that he'd be okay in there. He wouldn't be a conventional number 10, obviously, like your Mesodozils or anything mm. like that. But I think that his physical presence and his hold-up play and his work ethic would be really nice there behind. Maybe a bit better of a front three, though. You know what I mean? I just think that maybe Aubameyang, Pepe, and then somebody else over on the left. Possibly maybe a Martinelli. You know, who knows? Or a Saka. <coughs> But, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I kind of like that. I think it would look sexy. But that would be a very, very attacking formation. Mm, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, I I say I'd agree. I, I I can't see the harm in trying it out. I just think you, you can't necessarily just expect a player to just slot in just because he's got some of the attributes he, he could thrive there. And he did actually have a, a a minute, a few, maybe 20 minutes. And I think it was against Fiorentina in preseason where he played there and, and he in looked pre-season. quite good and he got yeah. two assists, I think. Um, so, yeah, I can't see the harm in trying him there. Um, but I don't know if it will I work. think it would be kind of... Mm. Yeah, it would be kind of reminiscent to, to maybe playing like Firmino in a number 10 yeah. position. You know, and it's, I think, I do think Firmino probably could play in there, just like I think Lacazette probably could. I think Firmino's better at that. Are they capable? Yeah, I I was going to say, I do think Firmino's a bit better at at Mm. creating than Lacazette, but Lacazette is clearly not like your conventional striker like an Albamian. But he's not a conventional number 10. It's just a goal scorer. 
Yeah, so he's kind of a he's like a false nine. Well, I think he's you a know, striker. That's, that's what he is. Yeah, you think so? He just you know he's a striker. He just not. Uh, I just I don't know. I don't know. I see him kind he's of as like culture. a. I see him as like a Benzema esque kind of player, mm. you know, but prime Benzema, like when he was with Ronaldo and Bale, mm. you know, like kind of he was the guy that's like I'm not going to score twenty goals in the season, but he did, you know, but I'm going to contribute. He did. Yeah, I get, but that's also just because that attack yeah, was phenomenal, you know. And but also Lacazette from France, I don't know though because he was like a a clinical mm. goal scorer. Well, it's just a harder league, I think. Um. Yeah. True. It, exactly. Uh. Khalil underscore da underscore Guna, Khalil de Guna, uh, said, well, we basically answered this. Do you actually leave the board back, Emery, or are they just are, are they looking for someone to come in? Um, again, we sort of asked, uh, Andrew sort of asked that in the smoke stream thing, but yeah, yeah. I would I'd probably say not, maybe. Maybe they're looking at, as you said, I've maybe they're looking honest. at someone. As you said, but maybe yeah. they're not. Maybe it's not imminent. Yeah, that that kind of does seem to be a, a possibility. But I think at the moment he probably does still have their backing. But but it's like it's only because of what you said earlier. You know, back him until you sack him. You know, so I really don't think that the board are basically foolish enough to actually believe that Emery is going to be the man to take us to the heights that we so desperately want to I get agree. to. Uh, Cameron Baker, who's at underscore Cameron dot Baker underscore, said, uh, "Who would be your ideal replacement uh, manager to replace Emery, and who would you sign in January to help salvage uh, top four? I think we've sort of answered that uh, last, last podcast. podcast but if too. I'm going to put definitely exactly, look into if that. I'm going to put a gun to your head right now, who are you going get getting? <laughs> for yeah, for a manager, you sort of answered this last time, didn't you? Ten Hag. Yeah, Ten Hag is my definitely Fair my enough. ideal. I also, I've been getting some like, I've been reading a few articles, <laughs> man. I kind of like Eddie Howe. Yeah. I kind of like that curveball. I kind of wouldn't. Did you read? Charlie you know, a lot Lewis, of people are gonna be like, oh Tommy, no, Rob Worthington's on the site. Not yet. I have to read that. I'm like, I'm actually really looking forward mm. to reading that. I think I might, might read it on my horrendously boring eight hour shift tomorrow. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, is that it? There's one more from Kyle underscore Hitman. Oh, we didn't actually answer the other bit of that Cameron Baker question. Um, Who would you sign in January to help salvage top four? My immediate answer would be try and get a centre back in. Yeah, I think that's a a necessity. I agree Mm, with you. Someone like Apumacano. And with that would be ideal. Exactly. And with the midfield not really functioning, with Shaka going, maybe we need someone else in there. I would uh, – now, this is hypothetical, mm. you know, and this is just kind of like my dream. I don't think we could actually get this over the line. I would love somehow for us to pull off, like, this is not going mm. to happen, okay? But <laughs> disclaimer, this is bullshit. Um, Upa Makano and then, like, Ndidi. For example, I think that would be just glorious. I think he would look fantastic in our midfield. Or somebody just more combative, kind yeah. of, you know, just because I think we could use that really. Yeah, particularly with Torreira not being played in his right position and probably wanting to leave. Um... And I think that would help us salvage a, a place in the top four. I really do. Exactly. 
Uh, Kyle Hitman asked a similar question. Who's at Kyle underscore underscore Hitman? Uh, how much will it cost to fix Arsenal and next? And what are next long-term steps and short-term steps? Bit of a weird question, but yeah. Hmm. What would you say? It's hard to put I, a number. I on think it. it's really yeah. difficult. It's yeah. I was just gonna say it's almost it's impossible to put a price tag on it mm. because you know we've got Saliba coming in next season. I think we need to bring in another defender along with him. Um, then probably another midfielder, combative kind of midfielder. You know, I th- I think that for next summer might be okay. Maybe another, you know, and then just yeah. But if we're losing potentially Ozil and Sabios, I think we need another creative player in there. People have talked of Havertz, Madison would be exceptional, a bit unrealistic. Yeah, unrealistic Mm. though, yeah. I I think Havertz especially, supposedly Leverkusen's holding out for about 90 to 100 Mm. million. So I don't think that's probably going to happen. I love him though. He's a quality player, very young Mm. too. I personally like the idea, and I think this is a bit more realistic of either Ziyech or Van de Beek. Yeah, they're quite different players, but yeah. Yeah, of course. All three of them are pretty different exactly. from each other, but it's just I think that any of those three would gel into the squad really well. Mm. Um, but I think priority, center back, new manager, if I'm yep. being honest. That is the priority. That's it. So to answer his question, though, with a, with a number, though, I would probably say, like, I don't know, 200 million. Fair enough. That's a lot. Yeah. We need some good fucking players, yeah. man. But it, it's important to note this is a good squad and it should be doing better. Very true. Completely agree Mm. with you. Anyway, that is it, though. That's all we got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tagging along with us. Um, We've been going for an hour and 29 minutes. So, in about... hmm, Hold on. 35 seconds. (laughs) We're going to be at the hour and a half mark. I'm not going to just force it. We're just going to go by what we do, Mm. man. Um. Thank you for tagging along. Alfie, we end this in the same way. We're traditional. We do what we got to do. Marketing opportunity of a oh, lifetime. Yes. Go ahead and plug yourself, and we'll draw this bad mother effort to a close. Uh, yeah. Well, the main thing I've got this week is an actual website. So, you know, go and check out weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. Um, and that's that's all I really want to promote. Uh, also, Good. don't for, for any reason... Forever. No, no, no. Whatever the circumstances. Okay, also... With where you're going, going you. for whom, what you're looking for. All right. Expedia.com, flights from Tampa to London. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, and then guns.com. <laughs> All right. I'll, be, I'll see you soon. That Bye. Real, yes, real I threat. I could just go over to a store that's about five minutes from me and Jesus go buy one, Christ. honestly. Yeah, that's nice. And that makes you feel nice and safe, mm, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, so that's why I'm trying to move to hashtag London FC. Maybe we should start like a some sort of sellout thing where I just get my move funded to London. <laughs> yeah, That'd be fans. Nice. And I could just like, you. yeah, I, I could just live in like your backyard yeah. or something in a tent. Yeah, not, complete, not completely. Perfectly illegal. legal. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just do that. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming along. Check out Alfie and I's freaking mm-hmm. website. It's sick. We love you, Arsenal.co.uk. Yep. There's a really handsome uh, ginger writer who doesn't really know how to use commas <laughs> that well, but thankfully the editor yep. does. Um, check out his articles. He's just amazing. He's the so talented. 
And then also, <laughs> fuck you, also a team of extremely good writers as well. So be sure to check them out. Thank you all for tagging along, and we will see you all next week. Try to get through this international break. It's just as painful for us as it is for you. But we'll see you all next time. Until then, sayonara. Don't go changing.